Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silverich Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin on the campus of Nicolay Bible Institute and just down the road from the Wolf River Refuge. Mm. And uh, all of those are ministries of Silverich Ranch. Um, Nicolay Bible Institute is actually on the campus of our main camp at Silverich Ranch, and the Wolf River Refuge is another smaller camp-like setting um, on 11 acres on the Wolf River, and it's a little bit more intimate. Um, so it, uh, it's a perfect size for individual youth groups to come and hang out together and create uh, deeper relationships in a, in a different way that even would be more discipleship-based, I would say. Absolutely. And I would encourage you to, to reach out and contact us if that's something that interests you. Um, the cabins are more unique. They're real beds versus right. um, just uh, your typical bunk bed. And there's no TVs in them, so you that's don't right. come up to watch television. So uh, we're, uh, we're looking for youth groups. To come right. and check that out. It's a different experience, like I said, but one of the things that I think all of us would say that we've learned over the last couple of years is the value of relationships and being intentional about it. And so that's what we want um, not only camp in general to be about, but especially the Wolf River Refuge is just to be able to get rid away from the distractions and really create memories together because right. God works through memories to, to make lasting changes. Dave, you say all the time, a change of place and a change of pace Yep, is a change of perspective. Yep, and uh, and helps people to grow, and that's really what we want to do with the Wolf River Refuge. Yeah. And so head over to SilverTranch.org, WolfRiverRefuge.org, or NicolayBibleInstitute.org, or just go to SilverTranch.org, and it links you to any of those. And we'd love to have you visit us, check us out, or even come and stay with us for a bit. Yeah, and I think you should intentionally every year book a place like the Wolf River Refuge or Silver Birch Ranch or somewhere and leave your electronic stuff aside. Just yeah. leave it. Yep. I think it would do you good to get with people and not have that all the time. If you have to have it for something, you have to check it for something, somehow it's become where we have to check it every day. Right. Years ago we didn't, but now we do. Yeah. So if you do, set a time every day for a half hour, you're going to do that, and the rest of the time, don't go to it. Just yeah. turn it off. And like I said, especially when you get to the Wolf River Refuge, there's a uniqueness about it. You know, I, like it's a point, like I, we stayed there once with, with our boys. And they love the place, yeah. you know, and it's the point where they ask us, oh, can we go back? Can we go back? Yep. They're not asking us to go back to the end of the cabins on Silver Ranch property. Nothing against it. Right. But it's just a different feel. It is. A totally different feel. It's not cabins that are just lined with bunks. They're actual cabins that you would expect at like a, a bed and breakfast place. Right. Um, and so and the culture over there is just it's nice and serene. And like I said, it's on the Wolf River. So if you want to try doing something outdoors, going hiking, doing things on the river, fishing, it's the place to be. Yeah. It's been fun through the years. I've been here over 40 years, and we keep offering these very unique experiences. Yeah, uh, it, I think our camping program is something where we really serve your church, so check us out on that. There might be some openings. That seems to be rather full these days. Yeah, But yeah, you, you can talk to Jason, who runs that, and, and see what's available. The Wolf River Refuge, the Nicolay Bible Institute, the podcasts that we do are all unique. I mean, we, we just do unique things that we think God's been uh, steering us to do yeah. so that we can help people actually enjoy God and each other. Mm -hmm. That's really the goal. When yeah. I know Christ, make them known. And, and really, you do. There, there are so many simple educational formulas or, that if you apply, they work. And one of them is, again, I forget who actually said it originally because I forget who says a lot of things originally. Yeah. But a change of place and a change of pace is a change of perspective. You really do need to get away from all that you're normally used to in order to evaluate what you're used to. Yep, I agree. And, and that's a very important principle. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, you're not going to evaluate because you just can't see it clearly. 
uh, the illustration always uses your you know your face is up against an elephant and you're trying to describe the elephant mm-hmm. it doesn't work yeah. get a little ways away now you can look at it now you know how to describe it and life is that way so I encourage you um, take advantage of the Wolf River Refuge or Silver Birch Ranch or Nicolay Bible Institute or these podcasts just find a quiet place and listen uh, I think it's important to do absolutely We've been talking about intergenerational things that could usually cause tension. I encourage you to go back to our website, check out some of the old podcasts, because we were, we were just talking about rather than arguing, accepting the fact that we think differently, especially in areas where there's no biblical guideline, because mm-hmm. there isn't any biblical guideline. So you don't, you know, don't go offering your opinion to everybody and arguing with them. Right, right. Uh, quick question I have for you. Did you ever change your mind because of an argument on social media? On social media, no. Okay, so <laughs> there you go. You want to know the biggest waste of time in life yeah. is to start an argument or start a, a debate on social media. It's going nowhere except for the, the people that already agree with you are going to say, a, yeah, great idea, and the people who don't agree with you are going to call you a bozo, and that's the way that life goes at yep. that point. So Absolutely. don't waste your time. Don't yep. do it because you're not helping anybody. Let me ask you some other topics, I think, intergenerationally. Uh, your kids are what ages? Eight, five, and four. Now, I know, you know, I am one who, if I didn't have a cell phone, I'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm that generation where it's like, oh, what a pain to have to carry this thing. Uh, yep. I understand people listening to me going, what? How can you say that? I just think it's a pain to always be connected like that. Um, do your kids have cell phones? No. Okay, you said it like, no, they're too young. I, I don't know. When do you oh. get a kid a cell phone? Well, I, well, I do think that there might be some. So my oldest one is in second grade, and he's eight. I think there might be kids that might have some. Okay, I'm just wondering when you get them I don't know. children. As, we're we're going to put it off as long as we can. Okay, I just wondered. <laughs> At least that's our, our opinion. I wondered. Um, okay, uh, speaking of cell phones, uh, computers, that kind of thing. Yeah. So... Your generation seems to be really into this privacy thing. Yeah. I am not. I mean, my my wife and I, she knows all my passwords, has everything. She can go and look yeah. at everything she wants to. I really don't care because I found through life that, for me, that works yep. wonderfully. No one can accuse me of anything. Yep. Do you keep private lives between you and your, your wife? No, she knows everything, okay. all the passwords and likewise. So right. Well, we don't really way. disagree on so, that. So I, far, I'm just we wondering. <laughs> we're on the same page yeah. so far. Well, I've had people really argue that one. Oh, right, right. And I'm thinking, you know, why would you argue it? Well, I do understand that if your business says you have a business right. account and they say that they don't want anyone outside the company looking at okay, I understand that. Then you better have There's passwords. There's a confidentiality sort yeah, of Yeah, I guess. Right. I yeah. guess I understand. You're a doctor, a psychiatrist, or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess you shouldn't be sharing all that stuff with your, your spouse. So I get it. Yeah. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about all the other stuff that you should probably – now, get into another area than money. Do you um, do you live where your wife has an account and you have an account, or do you have? Is it all one? shared. Everything's one. Okay, and again, we agree on that, so we can't even argue. <laughs> we're gonna go through your list real yeah, fast. Yeah, I know. We're, we're not gonna argue <laughs> about these things. But you could picture somebody else arguing that as well. There are many, 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 many couples. Yeah. They keep everything separate. Yeah. I yeah. And. I think one of the things that, as an old guy, I would encourage young people to do is work more towards oneness and less towards independence. And it gives you less to argue about. Right. Or to have, I shouldn't say argue, but it, it gives less potential for conflict. I would do you have say. a budget? Yeah, we budget. Yep. Okay. Again, so, I'm trying to start an argument. But. It's not you know. working. Uh, I, why do you budget? 
We budget so that we're responsible with our money and also so we can see where our money's going. Okay. You know, because I would say I would say one thing that has changed since your era is your era used a lot of cash and checks. Right. You know, and, and we still have a mix of that in our neck of the woods. You know, I'd say that I use cash and I even have a checkbook still, which is not usual of people my generation. Whoa. Um, uh, but don't even start me on that one. I have no concept of why you would never checkbook. Right. Go on. So, um, and then credit card or debit card, or whatever. Right. And, uh, but we're conscious of the fact that it's uh, it's easy to to swipe something. You know, coming from the era of did you balance your ledger or yep. your or your your checkbook? You know, to like, that's one thing I you know I don't carry one of those things in my checkbook. Yeah. You know, um, but we budget, and that's our way of keeping track of things. So that way. We know how much we can spend, but then also it helps us see where where we're, you know, consciously and subconsciously deciding what's important with money. Right. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. I think that's that's right on. I, you know, we do balance our checkbook. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't. But my wife does. And uh, the other day she was getting liberal on me. <laughs> 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 because. I think we're like a penny off or something. She's like, I'm just doing what you you would do. I'm putting in what the bank said we have. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, man, we lost a penny somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> or whatever it was. I, I'm not really sure even Probably what it was. rounded the wrong way. Here I don't there. know. But uh. it, it's one of those things where you look at it and you go, okay, that's certainly not going to divide us. We've decided, too, you know, you got to have a budget. you got to know where your money goes. You need to have a plan. Young people, um, do, you, do you believe people should rent or own a house? Um, ultimately I think they should own a house, okay. but it, a lot depends on the, on their situation. Yeah. There's a lot of backstory on those. We don't so know. There's, yeah, there's, there could be yeah different stories, but generally speaking, I would say the quicker you can own something, the quicker you could build your own assets rather right. than paying somebody else's to build their assets. Yeah. I think that's really the, it's funny. Cause the other day I was talking to a guy in his fifties, he owned some rental properties and he was working on them and he just stopped for a minute. He looked at me and goes, you know, there's so many people that rent my place. Who shouldn't be renting yeah he says i can show them places they could buy for cheaper yeah and they're renting mine he said i don't get it in fact i tell them you should be buying right. i'm thinking well yeah they're not listening to you and i'm wondering why people today would rent now i don't know the backstory again i don't know what their credit scores are i don't know all that stuff i, I understand that but when i look at the difference between actually owning a piece of property and renting one my goodness there there is often you can own it a lot cheaper than you can rent it. Oh, that's usually a lot of the case. So um, now it may there may be things stopping you from doing it. But if I were if you were to ask me my advice as an older guy, mm -hmm. I would say you work toward owning. Yeah, I absolutely. mean work toward owning. In the long run, you'll be better off. Yep, that I kind agree. of thing. So, I agree. Yep. Uh, but to keep things in perspective, I have a goal in life that I never use an ATM. I've never used one, and and I'm not going to. I'm protesting the fact that you can go to a machine and get money. So, <laughs> what if yeah, the bank's not open? I, I don't go. I don't. Okay, no one's listening. I don't use cash. Does your wife use cash? No. No, no cash anytime. You never well, take cash with you. I, I know. I, I know I, this is false. Well, I, I know. I know where she stashes some cash, <laughs> and she likes me to keep, believe it or not, phone money. Phone money. That's what we used to keep. <laughs> if you had a call somewhere, you had to have money for calling. You know, I mean, money in your wallet. So, but it sits there for a year. So, where does that come from? It just appears. You don't go anywhere. It does. To get it? Yeah, oh, it comes from wow. my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where she gets it. 
<laughs> she goes to the bank. I don't. Uh, you know what I mean? Does she go to the ATM? No, no, she hasn't. Oh. She goes to the bank if she needs money. Uh-huh. That's what we used to do. Yeah. You go to the bank, you withdraw something, you put it in your pocket. No. Uh, and really, honestly, I just use my credit card. No. Because. But not everywhere takes a credit card up here. But then I don't buy it. I say, either get a credit true. card, I'm going somewhere There's else. There's a certain mobile pantry that you and I frequent. Oh, yeah. That does not take credit cards. Yeah, and I got I to gotta hit my wife for that every time <laughs> I go. <laughs> it's a good thing you guys yeah. share everything. I know. It's, it's like, I need I need money for this. That's right. What would you do with the last money I gave you? I don't, see, she wants records. Oh, yeah. Records and receipts. That's why she... That's the real yeah, reason. Yeah, that, that might be. See, that's the real that reason she doesn't like cash is because she know, yeah. doesn't know where it's going to go. Well, and I'm not doing an ATM anyway. It's just my excuse. So. That's funny. You know, here's and the thing is, of course, you say, well, you're really showing your age or whatever. Who cares? So You know, there's nothing in the Bible about either using or not using an ATM. So if you love ATMs, go ahead and use them. Well, I really don't care. And I would say I'm in the balance in a different way. Like, I'm not at the point where I necessarily feel comfortable with, with, the, uh, with like, Apple Pay or something like that. Right. You know, like the touchless pays. Like, I'm sure it's secure. I'm sure you could totally do it. But I'm like, hmm, I'm skeptical still. Here's what'll freak you out. Yeah. My wife does Apple Pay. See, that doesn't make sense. She won't trust an ATM, but she trusts no, Apple she Pay. She probably does trust an ATM, but we've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't need to. Oh. I mean, I have never been in a situation where I need cash. Never. Yeah. It's like, I use this, and if they don't use it, you know, I go somewhere, I throw a Discover card on. We'll take Discover. Well, I got this one. We don't take that one. How about this one? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, I got it. I feel, you're like one of those guys with the trench coats where, yeah. you, where you open up a sleeve. Here, which one do you want? <laughs> right. Well, you know, the, the funny part is my credit score is is like 820. It's huge. Yeah. Because we always pay our bills. We, oh, yeah. We don't have any debt. Right. So it's like, I can use these credit cards. We don't really run up a debt. Right. Well, I don't I'm, really. I'm not against credit cards. Well, I know. I'm just saying. So you know. for me, it's like, I don't know. Why carry cash? In fact, it's one of the quickest ways. I know that there's, see, there's opinions on credit cards too, you know, because I know that even uh, there's a popular uh, financial person right. that doesn't like credit cards, which right. is fine, you know. But if you really want to build your credit score, especially at a young age, you know, when I was 18, I opened up my first credit card account. However, I treated it like a debit card. Right. And in my mind, it was a debit card, you know. And that, and if you can't do that, then maybe that's why you don't need a credit card. Exactly. If you don't have that self-control to be like, hey, I'm not going to spend more than what I have, you know. Or if you need it for an emergency, that's a different thing, right. you know, because there are those things. But that's a quick way to build your credit score. And here's the advice I, I give, like, Nicolay Bible students who ask me. It's yeah. like, you know what? I think you should be very careful with a credit card. Yep. I also think that if you can use one, they can help you both in record keeping, and you can use the rewards to actually make money. Right. Oh, totally. So I said if you can use one and you can use it responsibly, I like them. Yeah. I actually like it more than my debit card because of that. And it puts a buffer between somebody else potentially in my bank account. Right. And I and I've told the so, kids that too. I said, not only that, use the right credit card. It, it doubles your warranty. You can use it on rental cars. Oh yeah. You know, so I said, so if you know how to use it, and you can make and some you, money, or you know, or get some money back that right. you've already spent. But I always put a caveat there because you you better watch it. If you can't use it, if you ever go to debt on a credit card, we have never ever had a late payment, and yeah. I'm 66 years yeah. old. I said, if you go to debt, if you go into debt with a credit card, you are in so much trouble. Yeah. 
the first time you do it, get rid of the card. Yep. Just don't. It's not worth it. Do it. Yeah. And they look at me like, really? No, I mean it. Yeah. This stuff will bury you. Yes. Uh, so you need to have the personality. With our kids, now you, one day you'll have to figure out what you do with your kids with this because they will have all the ATMs, not ATM, they have Apple Pay, all those different ways to do things and spend money. Yeah, they'll probably just look somewhere and they'll pay somebody. <laughs> However, what we did with our kids, we, we gave them, when they got, I think in high school, I can't remember what year, Yeah. we got them a credit card and they had them where parents could put a limit on it. Yeah. So I think their first credit card we gave them and we put like $200 limit on it. Right. Now that's not much, but it was basically, I wanna see if you can use this thing. It teaches the concepts. I'm telling you, they both learned to use it. Yeah. And today, I think, I, they have credit cards, they like debit, they do it differently, but n neither of them are in debt. Right. And they both have good credit mm -hmm. ratings. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that worked. We, we basically saw first if they have the personality where they could actually handle a credit card. Right. And if they couldn't for any reason, as a dad, I would have said, you know, don't ever get one. No. Because I don't want to see you ruined right. by this. So I, I, I think, once again, that can be a, a bone of contention if you have an older parent. Yeah. And if you don't budget, and your parents do, they might be quiet, but I would ask them how to budget. Mm -hmm. And if you don't budget, I would encourage you to even try considering it. Yeah. It takes a little bit of effort, but you'll be amazed at not only how much money you could save, but even sometimes what you're spending your money on. Yeah. And realize, whoa, I spend that much on that? Yeah, I am. When, when, when my wife shows me what we spent money on, I am amazed. <laughs> like, it adds up quick. Oh, man. It adds up quick. Yeah, because once someone, uh, we, were, we were actually getting a loan for our first house. And there was back then, this is 1980 something or other. And so they were asking all these questions. And one of them was, how, in your budget, how much do you spend on clothes? And I remember snickering on, how do you know that? And she pulled out a piece of paper and said, this amount. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 we know that. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, boy. Yep, yep. So that's when it becomes useful. Yeah, you know? and, and obviously, if you're a good steward of your resources, uh, you want to be generous with people. Right. And you should um, be able to manage it so you can't be generous. So um, it's funny. Money's a, an interesting thing. It goes right along with generational differences. There's, I don't think you should live in debt with anything that would actually cause you to be enslaved. Right. For example, I, I think going and buying a house, if the house could appreciate in value, mm -hmm. I think that's a good it's investment. It's an investment, right. However, if you bought a house at the top of the market and it could only go down, I would suggest not to buy it. Right. I really don't like it when you go in debt on a car. I mm -hmm. personally don't like that because cars don't increase in value. Right. Well, they did this last year. Oh. <laughs> so never mind. But yeah. generally speaking. Generally speaking. They, and they that's don't. where budgeting comes in mind. Right. Because a lot of people think, well, i got to get a car loan. It's like, well, what if you were to plan ahead? pay yourself right. a car payment, right. even if it's on a car you don't even own yet. Right. That way, when you need the car, it's already paid off. And so that's where budget even comes in handy. Where it's, And then you're not paying extra because every time you pay somebody else, whether it's a credit card, a loan, you're, you're giving them more than what you're going to end up with yourself half the time. Exactly. You know, that's what that percentage is all about. Yeah. It's very important, I think, that you don't buy something on credit that's going to decrease in value because right. you could have a crisis tomorrow and then you unload that 
and you still owe money on something you don't even own. Right, right. Houses normally don't have that problem. Right. If you buy them with a reasonable understanding of what the price should be, right. they normally don't have that problem. But cars do. Um, and, you know, you've operated that way. Are you yeah. in debt on cars now? No, I've never been in debt on a car. And, and my wife and I aren't either. And believe it or not, neither are my kids. Yeah. And and because the kids, they picked up on that too. Right. So they had a little help when they got started. Mom and I said, you know what, we can help you this far. Because yeah. I had daughters. If I had sons like you, I'd let you drive a rattle trap. But, you know, <laughs> I had daughters in this culture, and I didn't want them to break down on the side of the road while they learned to get a better car. Right. So we helped them a little bit uh, to get a car. At least it was reliable. Yeah. And then, uh, and then they put money away, and eventually they were able to get their cars. And and they didn't have to. And pay. eventually they realized that hey, mom and dad have a nice car. I'm going to get the you, same one. You know what? One did. <laughs> so that's how that works. Yep. And in the whole run of things, you go. You know, I'm glad you made that decision. We never told them they had to do that. Right. We just said, here's how you would do it. We don't want you to go in debt over this. Yeah. And uh, what do you think about family lending family money? I think as long as as long as there's. Um, a built-up understanding. You know, it's almost like what you did with your daughters. Right. You understood that they were capable to to understand how it worked. Right. So in those situations, like if you were to lend your daughter's money, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Now, however, if, if you have a son or daughter that you know struggles with that, it might just compound the problem and even almost make it worse just because now it, it you become not only the the lender but you also are still the parent in this situation exactly and it makes it difficult and so it i would does. say that that's not a straightforward answer it depends on the situation and that that's the right answer i mean i don't know I it really depends on the individual right um, i know that as a dad uh, my wife and i do not want our children to be in a position where they go into bad debt mm -hmm. and if we have money we can either put that in the bank and watch them go in bad debt if they need to yeah or we can loan it to them, and if something happens to us, they just don't have to pay it back because they're going to get it anyway. Right. So right. it's like, oh, totally. you know what I mean? Yeah, One sense. way or the yeah. other. Yeah. Now, I've never had somebody take advantage of me like that yet. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've taken care of their responsibilities. So I think you have to know your children. If your children are being dependent, they say, oh, mom and dad will bail me out. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but I would be generous with your own family and see if you can help them stay out of debt yeah. when they're young, especially uh, talk to them through college and college debt. And you know, There's some things that, that can put them behind for the rest of their lives right now, mm -hmm. and I would be very careful. If you're a young person listening, you need to ask an older person if it's a wise idea to do what you're doing. Yeah. And if you're an older person... You need to not just tell them what they should be doing. Wait for them to ask and set the atmosphere where they're going to want to. Because, you know, I, I, you can tell them they shouldn't go in debt, and they're so into the moment they can't. Mm -hmm. right. They can't listen to you. Yeah. Um, so somehow you got to set that earlier, like when your kids are the age they are now. You, right. You, you need to set it then. Absolutely. And, and even talk about savings at that point. You know, yeah. I think it's important to, to, to talk about, like, you don't have, you shouldn't spend all that you have. Or, or especially understanding don't spend more than you even get. Right. You know, that's probably lesson number one. But that all goes down to budgeting. And that's why I say, like, if you're listening today and you don't budget, I would really encourage you to, to assess your financial situation 
and encourage you to even try a simple budget. You know, there's plenty of apps out there, plenty of programs that you can look at that make it super simple. And it doesn't have to be detailed and a hundred different categories. You can, even if it's so as simple as housing, food, clothing, toys, entertain, whatever it is, you know, come up with whatever simple solutions it is. So at least it helps you start somewhere. Yeah. You know, you could also teach your kids what uh, the value of like compounding interest is. Right. Uh, in, in some very simple ways. You could tell, you could tell a child, you know, I want to give you $10. Yep. Now you can do whatever you want with it, but here's what I want you to understand. For the next year, one year, every time you don't spend that 10, yeah. every month, every third, at the end of every month, if you still have the 10, you get another dollar. Yeah. That's all. Just tell them that. Yep. See if they spend it. If they think about it for a minute, in a year, they're going to have $22. Right. Let's start with 10. All you're doing is teaching them what compounding interest is. Yeah. I mean, down the road. Yeah. You don't have to do it that big. I mean, you can do 50 cents. You do it. Oh, right. But I'm just saying, <clears throat> it would give your child a choice then in a very small manner to understand, okay, should I put money into a bank? Should I invest it somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Should I put it? And understand what it actually does when it's in there. Yeah. Because most kids, honestly, when they get to the point where they're working, they don't know what money does. Right. And even with your illustration, that's probably a better interest that they're going to get at any savings account. Bank oh, tremendous. <laughs> yeah. That's if the stock market does well, that's what they're going <laughs> right. uh, But I'm trying to think what a child would consider worth it. Can you, you teach know me I mean? compounding interest, Dave? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can, but I'll, you know, I'll give you a penny. <laughs> because I'm not sure a kid today would do it for, like, if you give them a right. dollar— and okay, every month you get another penny, right? Because that's what the banks are giving you, kind of. You know, it's like, well, that's not worth. It. I'm going to spend it, right? So I'm trying to teach a kid when they're young. Okay, you would actually want to do this mm-hmm. kind of thing. I don't know what the number needs to be, and probably right. your kids are all different. And and you need to have the guts to let them spend it if they're going to, right? Oh yeah. And then not have it. And then not have it, and then show like this is what you could have had. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and and if you do it every year, right. It could be a lesson that they never forget, and they could also see then when they're making choices down the road, they can actually make them because right. they're saying, should I put this away or should I? Okay, well, it's only 2.5% interest. Well, they can actually do that in their head or wherever then and say, okay, well, maybe I should or maybe I shouldn't, and here's why. Yeah. Um, and I think that might be a, a valuable lesson because there's not a right and wrong with how much you need to save, where you need to invest. I know what's right and wrong is if you trust your money in any way, shape, or form, you're foolish. You need to trust God, and then you need to use all that you have as stewards of God. It's his. Once again, I I suggested a book last time on uh, Critical Race Theory. I I suggest a book on budgeting, um, just the treasure principle. Yeah. Uh, You know, go read it, and I would encourage you to read it. Have you, you know, read it with your kids especially. Yeah, Randy. You know, they're getting to a stage, maybe they're working. Make them read the book. Yeah. And talk to you about it. Yep. And at least they get a perspective on money a little bit and, and what they should do with it. And you can have a dialogue that's not you, it's Randy. So mm-hmm. anyway. No, I think that's good. And I think there's a lot of practical things that you can think about, even in whatever stage of life, in, whether you're in college, whether you're a parent, whether, whatever it is, you know, the intent is to be good stewards of the money that God provides with us and to be responsible with it so you can make the most of it without putting yourself in a situation that you regret or do the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. But unfortunately, that's all the time that we have on our discussion here on Younger and Older. I encourage you, if you missed part of the episode or want to check out other conversations that we've had, head over to silverbirchranch.org and you can check out this podcast or even some other of the podcasts that we offer here. 
Um, but other than that, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.